Welcome back everyone, this is Baron Eric again, and this week's gun gripe is the, the legal use of deadly force. Now we're going to be discussing the Castle Doctrine, or a, uh, it's called the Stand Your Ground Law in a lot of states, which means that you don't have to retreat from your home or any place that you're legally able to be. You do not have to retreat from a threat, and you can use deadly force if that is called for. So uh, we're going to discuss that tonight. Now I have a lot of people who have all kind of misconceptions about the use of deadly force. The main thing is you have to do whatever a prudent person would do. If you fear for your life, your life of your family, uh, 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 grave bodily harm, or something like that, you can use deadly force to protect yourself. And that's what it boils down to. When you go to court about this, they're going to have to. You're going to have to prove that this person not only threaten you but had the means with which to carry out the threat. So uh, Eric's going to talk about it a, a little bit about the Castle Doctrine and we're going to discuss different scenarios and what have you. Right Barry, those are some good talking points you mentioned there. Um, you know, you're definitely right there in terms of everything you laid out. Um, you have to remember that if something does go to court, when it involves personal defense where you've actually killed another human being, you've got to you know, convince 12 other people that are hopefully of the same mindset as you are that what you did was right. Correct. So that's the thing to remember, that whatever actions you take need to be befitting of what your peers would be. You know, what, what would the average person do? Now, that answer to many of us is obvious, but Castle Doctrine and Stand Your Ground type laws are different for different jurisdictions. Now, the laws that we'll be discussing today uh, do involve pretty much Georgia here is what we're going to concentrate on because that's our state. Now, I want to say before I read anything that I'm, I'm going to read to you here, I want you to know that we are not a legal authority. We are not lawyers. We have no legal bearing whatsoever. We're just two guys that, and this is our understanding of the law, so take that for what you will, but this is not intended to be legal advice by any means. This is gun gripe, people. Castle Doctrine. Typically, deadly force is considered justified and a defense of justifiable homicide applicable in cases when the actor reasonably fears uh, imminent peril of death or serious bodily harm to himself or another. So what Castle Doctrine comes down to is uh, back in the old days, uh, it was common for the English to call it, you know, an Englishman's home is his castle. And that was actually, you know, put into law by Edward Koch back in the day, uh, back in the, around 1628 or so, um, that was kind of put out there as, you know, basically a man's home is his castle. Mm -hmm. No matter how poor, no matter how rich, and you should be able to defend that home with deadly force. Now, of course, things have changed, uh, you know, in terms of laws, things have changed considerable amounts since then. We'll get to that in a moment. All right. Basically what Castle Doctrine gives you is immunity from civil lawsuit. So let's say that um, Joe Blow breaks into your house, you know, has a sawed-off shotgun he's pointing at you, and he's about to kill your family, and you shoot him dead with your Glock or whatever, his family can't come after you and sue you for killing their relative. They can't have a civil suit they against you. They can't have a civil suit against you. So, you know, the state or anybody wouldn't be able to sue you for whatever reason. All right, so... Uh, let me add that a classic example of that was the O.J. Simpson case. He was acquitted of murder, yet the Goldman family won a lawsuit against him, uh, and they, they took his Heisman Trophy, and they took uh, other things from him, but they sued him in a civil court. Even though he was acquitted of murder, 
but the castle law prevents that from happening. Right. Now, I don't really know all the details of that particular story, but it's quite possible that whatever state he resided mm -hmm. in, they did not recognize or support castle doctrine. Now, granted, there are certain states that support it and have it within their laws, and there's some states that don't. It's your job to know which, which states will actually, you know, grant castle doctrine laws, you know, into play. Well, let me add to also what Eric was saying. Uh, the castle doctrine wasn't even in effect when the O.J. Simpson case. That, that, the castle doctrine had not been, I think the castle doctrine originated in Arizona mm -hmm. and Florida, but it spread to other states, and we've got a printout of all the different states. You can look it up on the Internet and what the law is. But the Castle Doctrine did not apply in the O.J. Simpson case because it wasn't, it wasn't law. Okay. So that, that cleared that up. Okay. But anyway. Well, um, there is a legal term that is called duty to retreat. And in some cases, some states, some jurisdictions, uh, you are actually forced to retreat when you are presented the opportunity to retreat and you cannot, uh, quote unquote, stand your ground. Okay. Right. Now, Castle Laws as they're known, remove the duty to retreat before using deadly force when you're in your home or in some states just simply where you can legally be. Now Georgia is a where you can legally be state. So for instance, if I'm in my car and Leroy comes up next to me and points a gun in the window and I'm able to get to my Glock fast enough and shoot him, well then I was legally able to be in my car as long as I was legally able to be on whatever property I was sitting on and as long as I can prove that he was trying to kill me, which obviously, if he's got a gun pointed at me, he's up to no good. In that case, I can legally kill him, and I am legally protected under Castle Doctrine. Right. Now, I take people to the gun range all the time, and I had a woman I took for a class the other night, and she said, Barry, all my friends say shoot, the, shoot an attacker in the leg. Yeah. Wound your attacker. You never do that. We get that a lot. We a lot, get that a lot. A lot of people come in here, and they're like, well, I don't want to kill him. I just want to scare him. I just want to pull right. it out, show it, right. maybe they'll run away, or if I do shoot, I want to shoot them in the leg. That is the absolute worst thing that you can do. Now, you do not, if you're ever in a situation, now, again, this is not legal advice, but if you're ever in a situation where you have to defend yourself in a court of law uh, from a shooting or, well, shooting is a harsh word, from, a, from an area where you've had to defend yourself using deadly force with a firearm or any other weapon, you have to be careful what kind of language you use in that situation. That's correct. Now, you don't want to use, you know, words like I shot him or, you know, I, I, I killed him. What you want to use in terms of, you know, the language and that, the way you lay it out, the way the language needs to sound is I stopped them from doing whatever it is that they were doing. Stop the aggression. I stopped the aggression using the, the necessary amount of force. Mm -hmm. Now, if that necessary amount of force resulted in that person's death, then you're going to let them draw that conclusion, but you're not going to say, "Yeah, he came in my door and I shot him with a you know 18-inch uh, shotgun right in the face and blew his head off." You're not going to say it like that. You're going to say, "You know, the man was showing aggression with a deadly firearm, and I used the necessary amount of force to stop him from doing what it was that he was doing." Right. And that way, it just it leaves it kind of static and blank and middle ground and they get the point but it makes it easier for you to defend yourself in a court of law when you use that kind of language versus the latter so now let me also add that firing firing a weapon or deadly weapon another human being is an absolute last resort right now you hear all the time about one shot stop so a 45 stop so many blah, blah. the best is a no shot stop 
The right. best is where you stop the aggression by presenting your weapon, giving the attitude that you're going to shoot. And now that I've, I've done that two times in my life, and the second time I went to jail over it because the guy took a warrant out on me for terroristic threats, even though he was attacking me. Right. So uh, anytime you level a gun at another human being, especially in the state of Georgia, that is considered a terroristic threat. That's right. So you have to be careful doing that too. But the no-shot stop is the best way to do it. You never, even if you're totally justified and you shoot another human being and kill them or even probably a worst-case scenario, you maim them or something like that. Yeah, if they it, live, that's even it worse. It is going to cost you thousands of dollars even though you're totally justified. You know, I still kind of go back to the original saying that it's better to be judged by 12 than carried by 6. Right. And I know that that is a, a very overused term and everything like that. But I look at it like the bottom line. If I'm in my house, sitting on the couch in my underwear eating Cheerios, and somebody kicks down my door, I'm killing them. Yeah. That's the bottom line. That's forcible entry. That is forcible entry. I don't know what they're planning on doing. Remember, the way that the laws are, are written and the way it's set up, you have to believe that bodily harm or death or injury could befall you by their actions. And I'm sorry, but kicking in the dang door is a pretty right. violent thing. If someone and forces it, you their know, way in your home, you can, you can reasonably assume that they're there to do you. All right, another example is if um, someone knocks on your door at night and you look through the peephole and you don't know them, and they're not, they're not kicking the door down, they're not forcing their way in, you cannot injure or hurt or shoot or do anything to them people until they show some kind of threat to your life. Now, if you were to open the door and then they push the door in and knock you down, fair game. They're fair game. Now, you know, there is a lot of that kind of stuff out there where people knock on the door, they'll try to get you open the door, they'll try to kind of persuade their way in, hey, I need to use the phone right, or, or whatever. They, they pose as a gas man. Yeah, they're the a gas, gas man. I mean, all kind of excuses. It, it may not be as, 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 as clear as just them kicking in the door, but right. we're just using that as an example. So we're getting off track a little bit. So stand your ground, like we were talking about. We've used that term a lot in this video. Well, I had one customer say that he had just bought a set of wheels for his car. He paid like $5,000 for his wheels, and he said, I'm going to get a gun because if somebody steals my tires or my wheels, I'm going to shoot them. Right. You can't do that. Well, Now, if you hear somebody outside uh, breaking in your vehicle or whatever, the best thing to do is call the law. Right. And let them take care of it. If you go out there and confront them and they come at you with a tire iron, that's a whole different situation That's a forcible now. felony. Now that leads us to the next term we're going to discuss is forcible felonies. This is another legal term. And uh, forcible felonies in a whole really defines what you are able to do in terms of defending yourself with deadly force. A forcible felony is defined as a felony type offense that involves, it, it's different for different states, but I believe at a federal level the item has to be valued at $400 or more and they must use some form of force to try to make you part with it. So adding on to what Barry said, okay, so I'm in my house at night and I hear somebody cranking around in the yard and I look out my window and there's somebody trying to steal the tires off my car. Well, yeah, if you can convince somebody that a set of tires is worth more than $400, I'm sure it may be, that's kind of, it's a slippery slope, okay? You just need to make sure that, you know, if something like that, like Barry said, I would call the cops. Okay, call the cops, let them handle it, because over something like that, it's not worth all of the trouble. Right. Let's say you're, you're leaving the mall or something, and you're going to get in your car, and there's two guys trying to steal your car. 
they're inside your car, they're trying to hotwire it, they're trying to do whatever, they're trying to rifle through your car, steal stuff, whatever. And you walk up and you go, hey man, what's the dang deal, man? You're trying to steal my car. And one of them pulls out a knife, mm -hmm. or they pull out a gun and point at you, right. kill the hell out of them. Kill both of them. Because that, that changes everything. That is mm -hmm. That has now become a forcible felony. In fact, they've already committed a forcible felony because they broke inside your vehicle. Right. That requires force. That requires, you know, some ill intent for them to break inside of your car. That, you know, that is a show of aggression. Mm -hmm. If they knock out a window, that's a show of aggression. They've already shown that they're willing to damage property mm -hmm. and do harm to people. And remember, it comes down to what you can make reason 12 other reasonable people like you believe. So, you know, you get into court and you, you know, you dealt with that situation. You shot them, whatever. Now mm -hmm. you're in court and you see the little soccer mom sitting in her uh, jury chair. And she's going, yep, that's probably what I do, or you know, right. they, or if, if that would make me fear for our life, you know, yeah, some little soccer mom, yeah, she'd probably fear for her life, mm -hmm. even if she just saw somebody in her car, much less if someone threatened. So, well, your age, you sex, know, your age, your sex, and your size has a lot to do with something too. That's right. If you're a 65 right. or 70 year old man, and some 18 year old thug comes up, he can kill you with his bare hands. He right. doesn't have to have a knife. He can right. say, "Give me your money, old man, or I'm gonna kill you." That's right. Well, that's, that's, that applies for lethal force. It, it goes past the point of being a forcible felony related to property when it involves your person. I mean, then that just goes back to just good old-fashioned self-defense. I mean, if somebody says, give me your money or I'm going to kill you, well, a terroristic threat or them threatening to do that, that's one thing. Mm -hmm. But if they actually present a weapon mm -hmm. and show some ill intent, that is, you know, you can't just kill someone because they say they're going to rob you and they say they're going to kill you. They can say all they want. Now, until they actually do it, that is the forcible felony. Years ago, I'm talking 40, 50 years ago, armed robbery had to be with a gun. Now, if, if you put your hand in your pocket and walked in a liquor store and said, give me all the money, uh, and they did that and caught you, really, your lawyer could get you off because it wasn't armed robbery. Nowadays, if I make you believe that I'm armed, it's armed robbery. Yeah, you have to, you have, to have a reasonable doubt. You know, or you have to have a reason to believe that your life is in danger. Right. So, whatever case that may be, well, it's different for everybody. If some a-hole pulls a gun on me and says, "Old oh, man, give me your wallet," it don't matter if I have any money in my wallet or not. He is already threatening me That's with deadly right. force. Well, your your life is your life, regardless of what you got. Regardless of what I got right. in my pocket. So, so, so now we're going to go down. I've got a few printouts here, and this involves like the worldwide application of Castle Doctrine, stand your ground. Um, and, and this is a little bit of reading I've done. In uh, England and Wales, um, they do support common stand-your-ground type laws, but you have to be able to basically prove to a jury that you, it was justified. Mm -hmm. So they can convict you, and that is, uh, as far as I know, civil court. It's one of those things where you're going to court regardless. Mm -hmm. So in England, I mean, that's what you can expect. And whether or not you like it or not, if you shoot anybody at your home, you're going to be arrested for murder. They're going to have that on you to start with. Do not tell them anything. Do not tell, don't spill your guts up. Don't tell them, oh, don't start crying. Don't start puking. Don't start doing none of that stuff. Tell them, I want a lawyer right now. Because Miranda, if you ever listen to the words of Miranda, Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. Well, why would anybody say anything? Right. Why would you say anything? Right. You, and they're going to try to trick you. Well, if you got nothing to hide, I have nothing to hide. Get me a lawyer now. And you talk and you discuss well, it with your lawyer. It, it really depends on the situation. 
Well, it, yeah, it depends if, on the situation. If I'm in a convenience store and some guy puts a gun in my face and it's on camera and I blow his brains out, that's different than them coming on the scene where in my front yard well, or my I, backyard. I think that a good number of policemen are going to be able to deduce a pretty good idea of what went on. I right. mean, but I, I think that, I think what Barry's trying to say is that you want to cooperate with the police, right. but don't be a bitch about it. Right, but, you, right. but they know you're not under any obligation to divulge right. anything to them. Right. Um, in Israel, it says that they allow property owners the right to defend themselves with force. Okay. In Italy, they passed a law in 2005 that lets property owners defend themselves with force. In Australia, it's a regional type thing as to how uh, their gun laws are, but basically it's another thing like uh, like England to where, you know, you got to go through a whole bunch of hoops and they're going to make it hard on you. Right. Uh, let's see. All right, now I've got a few printouts here that I took from georgiapacking.org, which is uh, basically like a little local uh, carry type website. All right, 16-3-21. Georgia state law says a person is justified in using force which is intended or likely to cause death or great bodily harm only if he or she reasonably believes that such force is necessary to prevent death or great bodily injury to himself or herself yeah. or a third person or to prevent the commission of a forcible felony. Right. So remember we talked about forcible felonies. It says... And, of course, they give you a list of reasons that you cannot use bodily harm. And, of course, you know, they don't, basically they're saying, like, you can't use the law as an excuse and try to make up something to kill somebody. Like, you know, if somebody just says, I'm going to kill you, you can't kill them for that. They have to be showing a And they know, have to have the means with which to commit what they're telling you. That's right. So if somebody says, I'm going to shoot you, and they don't have a gun, doesn't mean that you can shoot them just because they said that. Right. All right, be careful. All right, and more from Georgia, uh, Carrie. This is another law. Use of force in defense of habitation, basically the, the defense of your home. Uh, Georgia law 16-3-23. A person is justified in threatening or using force against another when and to the extent that he or she reasonably believes that such threat or force is necessary to prevent or terminate such other's unlawful entry into or attack upon habitation. So basically, if they're kicking down your door and you fear for your life, you can use any amount of force that you deem necessary to stop them. So like Barry said, if you're just going to point the gun at them, whatever. But remember, sometimes pointing a gun can be more dangerous than actually shooting a gun at someone. Right. Because, you know, if somebody's kicked down your door and they got a Beretta M9 behind their back and they're a good shot and they're quick on the draw and you point a gun at them, then they realize, well, dang, you know, it may be a type of situation where... They're thinking, well, I don't want to have to use this gun to rob these people, but I will. And then once you've presented that gun in the situation, mm -hmm. there's some people out there that are that are fast enough on the draw. They can pull that gun out and kill you quicker than you, you think. But if, if someone you breaks know. in your house, let's say you're in an upstairs bedroom at 3 o'clock in the morning, you hear glass break downstairs, don't go investigate. There's no need to. You get yourself ensconced in your room, get your gun ready, get your flashlight, call right. 911. And then, then you can you can shout out to whoever's down there. It might be somebody drunk that lives next door that don't know they're in the wrong apartment or they're in the wrong house. That's right. Or it might be a family member yeah, that, so, lock, that locked their key out or something. Yeah. You you can't always assume that someone just because you hear some loud noise that they're that they're trying to hurt you. But generally, remember, it comes down to what you can make 
12 people reasonably believe. So if, if it's a, a solid kick, like they're kicking the dang door down, there's a difference between a loud knock and a swift well, kick that knocks the damn door off the, the door hinges. Frame down. Right. Yeah. So you have to be able to determine. I mean, you got to use a little common sense there. But like you know, I said, avoid avoid a deadly confrontation uh, only as a last resort. That's right. You That's know, what it boils down to. Use good judgment. All right, now we're going to go over one more here. Um, another weapons-related code, Georgia Code 16-3-23.1. No duty to retreat prior to use of force in self-defense. So basically, that's the stand your ground clause, okay? Let's see, it goes on to talk about use of threats in accordance with the other codes I told you. And it says, has no duty to retreat and has the right to stand his or her ground and use force as provided in the previous sections we just talked about, the other codes. So basically what this video was meant to accomplish was to just kind of lay down the fact that you know, deadly force is a, is a type of arrangement that we don't all want to have to deal with. I mean, yeah, you don't want to have to kill somebody. You don't want to have to draw your gun and use it. But you should be ready to, and you should be willing to. And there are laws out there that protect you, you know. Well, obviously, if you're, you know, a Georgia citizen, and you live in the United States of America, and you're watching this video, then everything we said in this video should apply to you. Mm -hmm. Anybody else... You need to make sure you understand your local laws and ordinances, your local state laws. Make sure that you're following everything on the straight and narrow. Now, I guess the gun gripe aspect of this video would be along the lines of states that do not support these types of laws and that basically unarm you or disarm you. Or, or the gripe would be people that they may buy a gun and learn how to use the gun, but they don't know when to use it. That's right. They use it improperly. And I think it's a real shame that there, that a jurisdiction or a municipality or state uh, or anything like that, a state government, would actually have the gall to disarm their citizens mm -hmm. effectively. I mean, when it comes down to you can buy the gun, you can own it, but if you can't defend yourself with it, mm -hmm. what's the point of having it? That's the whole point of the Second Amendment is to defend yourself. And, you know, there's states out there that make it really hard on people that try to defend themselves, that use deadly force. And uh, there's states that make it hard to carry your guns. I know New York is real funny about pistol permits and just all mm -hmm. this stuff. And, of course, you know, California. You know, you know what the battleground states are for gun rights, for gun laws. I mean, if you're watching this video, you're probably rolling your eyes and going, oh, yeah, that, I live in that state. Yep, that's me. Mm -hmm. nice. But uh, if you can shed some light on that for us, that'd be great. Leave your comments. We'll respond to them. We'll offer insight when possible. Again, we can't always respond to PMs. We can't always respond to comments, but we'll try to get to them as soon as possible. And if even if we don't respond, we may take those accounts uh, into you know consideration for you know a future gun grind. So you know this is our state. This is Georgia. What we've laid out for you today. There are several other states that follow these doctrines. That you know there's a list of them. Um, but if your state is not included, then unfortunately you're at the mercy of whatever laws your individual right. state may have. Right. But in closing, I'd like to say that we've gotten a lot of calls today from subscribers that support Eric's channel. And uh, uh, it's very, very encouraging. We've received some gifts from one of our friends named John in Australia. And we're going to be showing you some of these beautiful Aborigines hand-painted articles that oh, he yeah. sent us. But we haven't received them all yet. We're going to make a video for just those. That's right. But we appreciate it, and uh, everybody has been very supportive of us. And we tr Eric and I try to be honest with our evaluations of something. We're not going to fake something. We're not going to make something look, 
you know, that it's not real. A lot of people right. do something and they edit this and that out. We try to be totally honest with it, and we get comments like it all the time. We appreciate your honesty. Yeah, we don't we don't sugarcoat. No, no, we're not going to sugarcoat it. And we're not going to fake it. We're going to um, we're going to do we're going to give you our opinion, and uh, you know, you have a right to disagree. Next week's gun gripe is going to involve Australia. That's all I'll say. I'm not yep. gonna I'm not gonna necessarily you know spill the beans just yet, but. We're going to be talking about Australia a little bit mm -hmm. in our gun gripe, and uh, maybe that'll be a good intro to the gun gripe. Hopefully by next week we'll have the rest of these artifacts and we'll show right. you some things. I, I hope we have them. There's right. going to be some beautiful items right. that our friend John was kind enough to send us. That's good. Well, you know, this is an important gun gripe. I know it was long and it was drug out, but hopefully the information's solid and hopefully, hopefully you guys uh, gleaned a little knowledge and maybe knew something that, or figured out something that you didn't know. And uh, this is just from our perspective. We're Georgia gun owners. We're Georgia residents. So, of course, you know, we do live in a state that's relatively laid back when it comes to these types of laws. I'm not going to say lax, but, you know, basically we're a, you know, state of freedom-loving people. And I think a lot of us are armed. A lot of us own guns. So, you know, basically people know not to mess with each other. Right. Of course, people still do. But, yeah, <laughs> but you know. Uh, no, yeah. Georgia's a wide-open state, basically. And I've always lived here, and I love Georgia. I'd like to visit other states. I'd like to go to California one day. There's, there's beautiful things in California. California's not a fall off the earth state like no. a lot of people want it to be. It's I've only been to California time. once. Yeah. Uh, I went out to California for uh, to NTC out Fort Irwin, California, mm -hmm. and that was for my train up prior to uh, deployment out there at NTC. I'm sure any of you guys have been there know it's uh, hell on earth. Nothing out there, and it's just hot as hell and miserable, but... Uh, it's a nice country, you know, beautiful countryside out there. Be a neat place to visit. Well, we hope y'all have enjoyed the gun right for tonight, and I'm, I'm sure we're going to get a lot of comments, you know, back and forth. And it gets people's, all we want to do is get people's mind to turning. That's right. We and, want you to learn. Think. And you got to get into the improvisational mode. Once you do that, you realize that there's no survival situation that you can't deal with. That's right. You can always do something to survive. What we want, that's what we try to do. We try to get people's mind open to different ideas. Think outside the box a little bit. That's right. So uh, we hope you enjoyed the gun gripe for this week. And that's right. uh, we'll uh, see you with another gun gripe next week. Absolutely. And one thought I want to leave you with uh, before we cut off is that, you know, at the end of the day, the only person that's going to care about your life is you. That's it. And you have to remember that, that the person on the other end of the barrel, they don't care if they kill you or not. Right. At the end of the end of the day, it's their life or yours, and the only person who's going to care about your life is you. And you're responsible for your own life too. So remember that. Y'all have a good evening. That's right.